Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association with Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm Hannah Wolfart, and along with me is Kyle Longton. And this week, we've got a special episode for you guys because our guest is actually the Kyle Longton. So Kyle, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. And I've not seen any of the questions ahead of time. So I'm going in (laughs) blind. Going in blind. Um, And just to give you guys a brief professional background of Kyle, Kyle is the Chief Operating Officer for the American Foreign Service Protective Association where he oversees insurance and professional service programs to support the health and wellness of federal employees, annuitants, and family members around the world. Kyle is a registered employee benefits consultant, and he also serves as the deputy director of the Senior Living Foundation of the American Foreign Service, managing grant programs exceeding $700,000 each year for needy Foreign Service retirees and their spouses, as well as the parents of active duty Foreign Service personnel. So Kyle, you're very accomplished, and we're very excited to be speaking with you today. So let's jump into another episode on open season. All right. And and we did an episode with Paula Jacob, our boss, um, a few weeks ago on the the basics of open season. So how's this episode different? This one's going to talk about questions that members have had regarding open season and give people more of a in-depth look at some of the questions that might arise for them and um, the main changes and enhancements that we have coming. Excellent. Okay. So maybe I have seen some of these questions before in some of our live events, um, but you might have seen a few. I'm on guard for a, a curveball. I'm ready. All right. Sounds good. So Kyle, what are the main benefit changes and enhancements for 2022 for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan? Sure. Um, that's a, a good question. And the, the good news is that we're not making a lot of changes. We're, we're keeping a lot of the benefits that people like, including you know the low deductible, the massage therapy, chiropractic, and acupuncture um, options, 50 visits a year for each of those, up to $60 per visit for everybody covered on the plan. Um, we're expanding DBA arrangements with our hospital partners and provider partners overseas and so forth. And so the main, main enhancements we're na- making next year is sort of around the edges. You know, we're adding some new options in our wellness program. Um, we actually added one mid-year this year for COVID-19 vaccinations. If you're fully vaccinated, you can submit proof to us, to get $25 for that. We're also adding, I don't know if this is as exciting, but certainly people are having it done. We're adding a uh, a, a wellness incentive for colorectal cancer screening. We're also adding, we hear from people who say, look, I don't have a chronic condition. I'm pretty healthy. You know, how can I earn incentives? And so we've added one that's a physical tracker incentive. So people can log their steps either through a step counter that they're already using. There's an option to do it manually, all the details in our brochure, but you can do that and also earn up uh, additional wellness incentives. One thing that I do want to focus on for our members overseas is a new option for behavioral health through a telehealth vendor. Um, you know, we've had this stateside with through Teladoc, and in 2020 we launched our telehealth option through V Health um, for our members overseas, but it was only for medical needs and sort of acute medical needs. 
And actually in October, we did a soft launch of a behavioral health solution in partnership with vHealth. So members have access to that now. It'll be more widely promoted starting in the new year. And I hope this will be a good solution for for our members overseas who have that need and have trouble finding a local provider or arranging an option with stateside providers to meet those needs. So I encourage everybody overseas who's looking for behavioral health support to look to vHealth for that option. Okay, great. And Kyle, you mentioned wellness incentives slightly there, but um, under FSBP, how do you earn the wellness incentives? Is there paperwork attached to that? Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, so it, it is easier than it seems. It looks maybe more complicated, but there's a, a number of ways to earn the wellness incentives. Um, members can complete a health risk assessment. And I should mention wellness incentives are can be earned by members covered by the plan who are age 18 and older. So that can be the enrollee, their spouse, and, and their children who are age 18 and older. So members can complete the health risk assessment, which is literally just a questionnaire about your health. And probably a lot of us have done this, maybe variations on it, like a true age test or something like that. But it's going to ask you questions about like, how much do you sleep? How often do you eat fruits and vegetables? What was your cholesterol reading last time you had it done? You may not have all that information readily available. That's okay. You can complete it online. We have an option to complete it over the phone. And you can earn $75. So easy. 20 minutes of your time and $75. And I should mention, it's not too late to do this for 2021. You can still do this through December 31st. You can also earn wellness incentives by doing things that you're already doing. So getting your annual physical, including that biometric screening. And that biometric screening does have to be done either through Quest or submitted the results submitted from your doctor using a form through Quest. There's full details um, in various brochures from the plan. But um, you do the the physical, the biometric screening, you get $100. Um, If for some reason you don't pass all the biometric criteria there, there are other programs that you can engage in. There are other wellness programs that you can engage in. We've got digital coaching programs. We have a new um, lifestyle and condition coaching program that's launching in 2022. You can do these and earn incentives. Also, we mentioned just a moment ago, getting your COVID vaccine, getting your flu shot, having breast, colorectal, or cervical cancer screenings, all of these can earn you incentive funds. There's full information in, in our wellness brochure that explains it. Now you asked about paperwork. In most cases, in most cases, particularly for our members stateside, when they have this screening done, when they get their physical, when they do their biometric screening, we get that information through a claim. It comes to our plan. We, the, we can use the coding on there that says, hey, this was an annual mammogram. And we will automatically deposit the money into the the member's wellness incentive fund. If you're overseas, it may not be as clear. So please make sure when you're submitting claims, you let us know what it is. It it was an annual physical. It was a colorectal screening. Um, You know, it was was counseling for nutritional um, needs because you have diabetes. There's a lot of options out there or even pre-diabetes, I should mention. Um, So make sure that we've got that. To, to access the funds, because you, as I mentioned, you can earn up to $400. They roll over from one year to the, to the next, as long as you remain enrolled in FSBP to access the funds. Again, a lot of times this is automatic. If you have a claim that comes through, we process it and you have an out-of-pocket amount, we're either going to pay from that wellness incentive fund directly to your doctor, or if you've already paid the doctor or provider, we'll send you a check for that, that amount. If you're somebody, I've gotten this question from people who have Medicare Part B and most of their costs are covered. They don't have a lot of -of out-of-pocket, but they do have costs with dental or vision. 
they can, um, there's a claim form for the wellness incentive fund. It's a, a different claim form. Fill that out, attach the receipts for whatever it is, send it to us, and we can send them reimbursement from that account. So there's a little bit of paperwork involved um, on that side, but most of the time, most of the payments, most of the earning of those incentives is automatic. People probably have funds in there and they don't even realize it. All right. And Kyle, throughout open season so far, we've been releasing videos so showcasing our staff about the different you know, aspects of the Foreign Service Benefit Plan that might appeal to people and get them to enroll during open season. One of those aspects is going switching from self plus one to self and family. Why would someone want to make that switch? And why is self plus one higher than self and family? Okay, great question. And I think this comes up, we try to address it, but I think it's come up in every live session that we've had so far and probably will through the end of open season. But um, once again, this year, going into 2022, um, the self plus one employee portion of the premium is higher than the self and family. And this has to do with basically how much OPM contributes and they contribute a little bit more to family uh, premium than they do to the self plus one. And so things flip-flop a little bit. Um, People who are part of a two-party family, so it's just you and a spouse or you and one child who's your plus one, can enroll in self and family. And it makes a bigger difference in 2022 than it ever has before. The difference for an active employee um, is more than $4 per paycheck. And so it really adds up over the course of 26 paychecks. I think the difference ends up being over $115 per year. And there's no requirement that two-party families be enrolled in self plus one. So I encourage you, if you're in foreign service benefit plan, you've got that self plus one, the 403 enrollment, make a change during open season to 402, that's self and family, save yourself some money. It's the same coverage. Um, it, it's the same access and there's no limitation on it. There's no requirement that you stick with the, the self plus one. Um, and I would encourage anybody else who listens, who for some reason doesn't have foreign service benefit plan, look at their plan as well. Cause we're one of 90s, I think 96 or 98 plans in the program this year who have a, a higher self plus one than self and family. And on that note, Kyle, how do you make changes to your enrollment? So the that's a really good question. And, and the best answer I can give for active employees out there is through your HR office. And in most cases, this is going to be through an online HR self-service system. Um, you know, there's EBIS, there's Employee Express, there's a number of systems out there, but I think there's more than a dozen of them. So I'm not going to try to name all of them here, but you will go into that. There, there will be information. Hopefully your agency has released information about how to make those changes. In, in rare cases, there may be agencies or offices that say you need to fill out a paper SF-2809, which is the enrollment form, um, and they want to collect it by paper, and then they'll submit it by paper. That is still ex- an option exercised by some offices, but I have to refer you to your um, your employment office, but in most cases, it's going to be online. Make sure that you've got your password, and um, I know in years past, there has been sort of a backlog in requesting requesting password resets. So do that early if you're planning to make a change. And then if you're in an annuitant, if you're a foreign service retiree, so your your retirement's through the state department, through the foreign service, you're going to go through HRSC and you should have received an SF-2809 with your annuitant newsletter, or you can email hrsc at state.gov. If you are a civil service retiree, you're going to go through OPM and um, there's, there's, I'm not going to be able to read out the full information for the the URL for the website, but um, we have it in our live sessions and you can go to OPM's website and find the the information there on how to make that change. 
now switching gears a little bit to the federal employees dental vision um, insurance program, mm -hmm. do the FedVIP plans work overseas? Yeah, so we've gotten this question a couple of times, and the answer is yes. But the the question that people should ask themselves is, do they work for you? Um, and so the the plans now there are. Um, national plans and their regional plans. So you want to look at the national plans that would have some coverage outside the service area. They're, they're focused on the U.S. They oftentimes have a national network in the U.S., but they do not have a network overseas. And so you're going to be reimbursed based on an overseas out-of-network fee schedule most of the time. It just means less money coming back than you might see if you went to an in-network provider in the U.S. This works for some people, um, and, and in some cases they may actually be coming back to the States for, for leave and get their dental care when they're in the U S. And so it makes sense for them. Um, it doesn't work for everybody. In a lot of cases, dental care overseas is cost a lot less than the United States. And so you're never going to really get the benefits out of an insurance plan, whether it's through FedVIP, through ASPA or somebody else, um, you're not going to get benefits out of it equal to the benefit to the premiums that you're paying it. So you should look at other options as well. Um, you might put some additional money in a flexible spending account, an FSA Feds account. You might look at a discount program when you are in the United States to save some money. There are options out there, but um, the, the plans do work overseas. It's just a question of whether they work for you. You know, if you've got six kids, all of whom need braces next year, definitely find a plan that covers that. But look at the waiting periods, look at the plan maximums and so forth. Just make sure it is the right fit for you. All right. And Kyle, what are the advantages and disadvantages of enrolling in FSA FEDS? Okay, so, and and this is a good question as well. And, and the program has changed in the last four or five years, but some people still think of it in its prior um, format. And so one of the, there, there's two main accounts that you can get with FSA FEDS. I'm going to start with the easiest. One is a dependent care. And um, this is money that you set aside pre-tax from your paycheck. So there's no contribution from the federal government. It's just money that you know you're going to spend on qualified expenses. And you can set it aside so that you're not actually taxed on that amount. So dependent care is up to $5,000 per household. And you can use this for things like daycare, preschool tuition, uh, summer camps. There's a number of other ways to use it. In certain cases, you can also use it for adults in your household who require care and who are dependents on your taxes. Full information at fsafeds.com. I don't want to get too far into that today, but I also want to note with the dependent care, there is no rollover from year to year. So you, if you put $5,000 in there and you only spend $4,000 in a given year, you're going to lose $1,000. Now, for most of us, childcare costs way more than $5,000 in a year. So um, it's not a problem, but just make sure you're not putting too much in there that you're going to lose it. The other program, the other, the big um option that a lot of people use is the healthcare flexible spending account. And once again, this is money that you would have taken out of your paycheck pre-tax, uh, a minimum election of $100, a maximum of $2,750. And this is money that you can spend, uh, get reimbursed on things like copay, co-insurance, your deductible, dental and vision expenses, like I mentioned before, um, anything that is is considered a qualified medical expense and that the IRS has a full list. You don't have to go and try to look at the internal revenue code. FSAFeds.com has actually a full list and a really great searchable list. So you can go in and look, oh, is teeth whitening covered? Is orthodontia covered? What about um, various medical treatments and so forth? So you can go in and look at that and find that information. Now, one of the 
the possible disadvantages is that you put in too much money again. Um, so this this healthcare FSA does have a rollover from one year to the next. And for 2022, you can roll over up to $550 into 2023. If you have anything more than that, you're going to lose it. A big caveat on this program is also that you must re-enroll every single year. So with your health insurance and with your dental and vision insurance, if you like what you've got, you want it again next year, you do nothing and you'll have the same thing next year. With FSA feds, you must go in and, and re-enroll every single year for both the dependent and the healthcare FSA, or you will lose anything that, that might roll over in that healthcare account. So these are great options. I use them myself, not through the federal program, but through my employer's program. They're wonderful and, and do save me some money on taxes, but I just encourage people to be conservative um, and make sure they're not putting too much in there that they might lose money and to make sure that they re-enroll if they want to carry that amount over. Kyle, in your live sessions, you've mentioned that we get a number of questions about Medicare. Is there anything that you want to say about Medicare that members should know or people planning to enroll should know? So there's that curveball, huh? Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, we do get a lot of questions about Medicare. Um, and, and most of those questions I answer with, well, it depends um, because a lot of questions revolve around, should I enroll in Medicare Part B when I turn 65? And that is a very personal decision. It's going to be, the, the answer is going to be different for everybody based on their income, their tolerance for risk, their medical needs, and so forth. One thing I will note, one change this year, I should say, in the federal program is that we're starting to see a lot of Medicare Advantage plans, and these are known as Part C plans. Um, and there had been some in the program before, they'd sort of been in the HMO space, but you're starting to see some of the fee-for-service plans, some of the those that are similar to, to foreign service benefit plan, um, offering Medicare Advantage options. And this is a new development. Uh, we saw one, one in 2021, we're seeing a lot more this year. And um, these can be good options for people. Uh, it does require that you be enrolled in part Medicare Part A and Part B, but oftentimes the plans, if you go into the Medicare Advantage, are offering you reimbursement for part of your Part B expenses. They're offering enhanced benefits, particularly around things like um, dental and vision that aren't usually included in a fee-for-service plan under the federal program. They're also offering access to programs like Silver Sneakers. That's another question I think we get in every session, um, which is, you know, Silver Sneakers provides you access to some community health centers, YMCAs, things like that, to use them um, uh, when, you, when you are enrolled in programs that provide access. So the, these can be very good plans, but I encourage anybody who's considering one of those options, one of those Part C options, to look at the difference between what the, the plan they have now offers and what that Part C plan offers, because you can be gaining some things like I just talked about, but you could also lose some things. You could see that some of the benefits are actually more limited than they are under the main fee-for-service plan and so forth. So do your best, talk to the plan, see if you can get a side-by-side -side comparison or at least a listing of what the, the Part C benefits are. And um, also look at the prescription benefits and how those work. Is it the same as the main plan? Is there a Part D plan that wraps in with the Medicare Advantage plan? Look at those. These are new. We're all going to be learning a lot about them this next year. And I'm hoping that um, AFSPA will be offering just some educational sessions on them throughout 2022. But um, you know, take a look, see what the plans are, see what the flexibility is. And that is the best advice I can offer. And if you have questions, you know, please contact us at AFSPA. We have some people, who, including myself, who can counsel you through what will work best for you. And Kyle, to wrap up now, when does open season end? 
I plan to sleep again on December 13th. Um, so yes, it, it wraps up on December 13th. So make sure you make any of your changes to the FEHB program, the FedVIP program, and the FSA Feds program by December 13th. Um, you know, don't chance it, particularly for our members overseas thinking, oh, I'll do it the morning of the 14th. Don't cut it that close, please. Um, and like I said, please go ahead and get those, those passwords reset if you think you're going to need them. And I'll also note, I didn't mention this before, but with FedVIP, you've got to go through benefeds.com. That's the only way to make the changes. And I also mentioned fsafeds.com. So those are where you can make those changes. But yeah, December 13th. Um, Hannah, I believe this episode will be out on December 6th. Is that right? That is correct. So I'll ask if you can put a, a link in the show notes to our events calendar. We have a number of webinars, live events where I can answer your questions plan throughout the week of December 6th. Those will be your last opportunities. I think the last one is um, either that Thursday or Friday, but take a look. We've got early morning, Eastern time, late night, Eastern time, and some midday sort of lunch time that we're aiming for. So um, I encourage anybody who's listening, who has questions that we haven't answered here to log in for one of those. And last question for you, Kyle. Are there other opportunities to make a change during the year besides open season? That is a very good question. So um, the answer is yes, but. Um, so there isn't an opportunity like open season where you can just make a change because of the time of year. You know, for the, the um, health, dental, and vision programs, if you have a change in your family composition, you have opportunities to make change. So you get married, you um, welcome a, a child to your family, birth or adoption. Maybe somebody ages out of the program and you want to switch from family to self plus one or self plus one or family to, to self only. There are some opportunities for that. Um, if you, in the health program, if you go stateside to overseas, overseas to stateside, those are options to make changes um, as well as if, if another family member loses coverage or gains coverage, you can make some changes. There's a huge list for those programs, there's a more limited list I should mention for dental and vision that is going, going overseas or coming back from overseas is not an opportunity to make a change there. And there's also a limited list under the FSA feds program to make changes. Um, so, you know, unless you know, one of those things is happening next year and, and you want to wait to make a change until then, this is the best opportunity you have, and it will come again next year, but you will be fairly well locked into your plan um, for the next 12 months. And I should mention that any changes to the plan for the, the health insurance take effect on January 2nd, 2022. That is the first day of the first full pay period in the new year. Uh, dental and vision changes take place on January 1st. Kyle, this has been very informative. So thank you so much for all the information and for answering member questions. Do you have any final words of wisdom to leave us with? Just look at your options. Um, you you know, let's see how much the premium's changing, but also take a look for the health plan. You know, every plan lists a, has a bulleted list in section two of their big brochure. Uh, usually, the page, maybe two, of all the changes they're making. Make sure you're informed on that. If you're looking at making a change to a new plan, contact them. Make sure you understand what the benefits are. It, it is your open season. It is your coverage. Make sure you've got something that works for you. Thank you so much for joining us, Kyle, and for being on the other side of the mic today. Thanks, Hannah, and thank you for hosting. This has been great. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Ask the Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show and tell your friends about it. We welcome your feedback on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Look for at Ask the Cares. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. 
Comments offered by the hosts or guests are not intended as medical advice. Please direct questions about your personal health needs to a provider. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or other products offered by ASPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Special thanks as always to Hannah Wolfhart for producing, editing, and mixing this episode. We'll see you next time.